Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guests are Champaign County board members in the 5th District, Beth Vanishirinout and Leah Taylor. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Leah, let's start with you. How long have you been a county board member and what keeps you motivated to keep going? I was elected in 2018, so that's four years coming up in December. Currently, right now, I'm highly motivated by what we're doing with the American Rescue Plan Act money that the county was awarded from the federal government. Probably a year ago, we got the first $20 million, and we're expecting the next $20 million soon. And what's really keeping me going is that we've done some great things with the initial disbursement. We've done some water projects across the county, working with and investing in local organizations to reduce community violence. We've worked with the Housing Authority of Champaign County to increase housing vouchers and that sort of thing. That's really been exciting. That's the sort of thing that keeps me going and makes me excited about being on the board. Beth, you were appointed to finish out Jordan Humphrey's term. So this is your first election. Why did you agree to be part of the county board? I was asked actually to run and I said, find somebody else. And if you can't, I will do it. But when they came to me the second time, I talked to my husband and I talked to my kids and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a time commitment. It's going to be horrible. They say it's going to be maybe 10 or 11 hours a week. It's not terrible. So we decided to go for it. Jordan left such huge shoes to fill. He is amazing. He relocated to Kankakee with his wife. I think she got a job up there and now he's transforming that county. I was sworn in last September over Zoom because we were still social distancing and doing virtual meetings. It's been an incredible learning opportunity. Kind of like you throw in the deep end and you see if you can swim. And I mostly just keep my mouth shut and listen and vote when I need to vote. And it's been amazing watching all the ARPA funds come through and actually having money to spend to do a lot of things that have just languished in the county for decades, from like building maintenance to helping out what Leah said, community violence initiatives, housing initiatives, water reclamation district, working with local businesses for grants. For small business owners, we've been expanding wind power. We've been expanding rural internet broadband. That's a huge, huge initiative, and we have been at the forefront of that. I think we are probably the only county right now that has developed a plan good enough to apply for state matching grants as well as the federal money that's come in. That is seriously going to be a a once-in-a-lifetime change. I mean, it's going to be huge for this county. Let's talk about some of the other races going on before we get back to your candidacies. The one that I feel really hopeful about is flipping the 13th Congressional District blue. What do you think about Nikki Budzinski's chances of taking over this race? Let's start with you, Leah. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think after seeing the results of the last two elections, we can't sit this one out if we want to have accurate representation in the 13th. We've been so close twice before, and I really think that we have a good shot of flipping the seat blue. But all of us who will vote for Nikki need to ask ourselves, what can we be doing to help her race? If that's phone banking or postcard writing or telling our friends, you know, you need to make sure to vote for Nikki. You need to be doing it. You need to ask yourself, how will I feel November 9th if I didn't volunteer to help her win in some way? Beth, let me ask you about the 15th Congressional District. We were all so focused on unseating Rodney Davis, but when Mary Miller won, we were like, oh, whoa, wait, that's not what we meant. What are your thoughts on what's going on down there? 
that district was kind of drawn for that purpose. And you know how you see a car wreck coming, but you just can't do anything to stop it? Yeah, it was not an unexpected result, but it's still not great. She's probably got that district. Well, locally, closer to home, Leah, Senator Scott Bennett has an opponent who I couldn't even name right now, but I don't feel worried about his chances. Should I be? I can't imagine anyone but him in that seat. I don't remember his opponent's name either. The thing about Scott, though, is that he has such a real bipartisan appeal and good support, I feel, on both sides. He's a really solid senator. And he's just a great guy. If you've ever met Scott Bennett within three minutes, you're like flopping stories and laughing. He's amazing. He's a great public speaker. He's very much a guy you could look at as your next door neighbor. I'm still out there canvassing. I'm still out there lit dropping. I'm still out there singing his praises because I take nothing for granted after 2016 anymore. Which dovetails nicely into my next question for you, Beth. I can't take Aaron Ammon's opponent seriously. An election denier in charge of the election office? Are you kidding us? Should we be worried about Aaron's race? Absolutely. 100%. We did that in 2016 and you couldn't possibly see Trump as president. Who would ever vote for this guy and look what happened? I am not. No. After 2016, everything is 10 points down and 20 days to go. If you are not out there canvassing, lit dropping, toss him some money if you can't be out there, have a vote plan. Okay, Aaron Ammons has busted his butt over the last, what, four years to expand mail-in voting, to expand same-day registration. There's almost no way you can possibly have an excuse not to vote. My biggest worry is we're going to have some crazy resurgence of COVID or there's going to be a snowstorm or something's going to happen to keep people away from polls on election day. And I am asking everybody, even if you are absolutely totally opposed to mail-in voting, ask for a mail-in ballot because the worst that happens is election day comes, you go into that polling place and you hand it over and surrender it and you vote in person. But if you get sick, if your kid gets sick, if you suddenly have to go out of town, if there's a bomb threat, if something horrible happens and you can't make it to the polls on election day, even though you are an election day voter, you still have the option to make your voice heard. Leah, I feel like this is such an important race. Would you like to add to that? Oh, he has been amazing. The job that he and his staff have done in the past four years, especially from the perspective of being on the board and seeing the different grants and federal funding that they have applied for and received to make our election equipment up to date and more secure, It's been so nice to see that change of energy in that office. And I will add that we actually had three different Republican judges come and sing his praises at a county board meeting because he has been so responsive and so open. You have no idea how much of a shambles that office was in when he took over. They had voting machines that were running on Windows XP. It was ancient, ancient equipment. And he has modernized, he has expanded, he has increased the ability to count the votes with machines and open envelopes and the whole nine yards so that we can get results quickly. The staff has been trained, they've been given raises. It's a totally different office. The idea that you're going to bring in somebody who doesn't know who won the 2020 election to run elections in this county? No. We can't let Dustin Herman lose this race. He has been incredible for law enforcement in this county. Leah, talk about your relationship with Dustin Herman, his office, and I see a lot of his opponent signs out there. So tell me about this race. I've heard from quite a few people at the farmer's market that are concerned because they see so many signs for his opponent. And my response is that you can buy signs and stick them in a lot of places. I mostly see signs for his opponent on empty lots and farm fields. 
And last I checked, empty lots and farm fields don't vote. The places that I see Dustin signs are in the yards of houses where people actually live. A lot of them in Republican yards as well. He has bipartisan support because both sides recognize that he's doing an amazing job in a terrible situation. One of the problems with midterms is Democrats don't turn out for midterms like they do for presidential races. If they did that every year, this would not be a problem. We would not have to worry about this at all. This would be a shoe in If we had turnout like 2018, we would sweep every race in this county. No question. But we have to have people turn out. For a minute, if you think, oh, my vote's not going to count. Oh, honey, we have had so many races decided by so few votes, especially in midterm elections. Trust me, every vote is going to count this year. See, I feel like with the recent Roe versus Wade ruling that we're going to have a higher turnout than ever for Democrats. And quite frankly, a lot of Republican women are going to suddenly find themselves looking for the D. That actually brings me to my next question about bipartisanship and support and somebody who everyone universally can get behind, and that is Steve Summers. Can you tell me the likelihood of Steve becoming the next county executive? Let's start with you this time, Beth. Steve's amazing. Steve has been on the county board for I don't even know how long. He's got a good relationship with people on the other side of the aisle. He was a businessman, pillar of the community. He's a great guy. He's very even keeled. He's not the guy you're going to hear about, you know, on the news the next morning, doing something crazy, saying something wild. He is a very steady presence on the board. I see him really doing a lot in the county executive position. I have not heard anything bad about him from anyone I have talked about. Everybody who's like, oh, hey, he's running for that. And it's like Steve Summers is like, oh, yeah, Steve. Even Republicans are just like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. No, nobody has anything bad to say about him because he's just such a good guy. In general, I totally agree with Beth. Also, he's definitely someone who has a very solid track record of working with both sides to get things done. When he wins, I will totally miss having him on the board. But because he has spent six years as a board member, four of those under the county executive, I think when he wins, he'll really help redefine the role of the county executive because he has that experience and how it can work hand in hand with the board to forge the county's future instead of the way we have been, which has not been very productive. I know it's not a county board role, but Cindy Cunningham keeps almost winning her races every time. Is third time a charm? Can we get it done this time? I sure hope so. Nobody has campaigned harder than Cindy. The last two elections have been heartbreaking, but I'm so happy that the redistricting has put her finally on my ballot because I have canvassed with her the last two elections She is just phenomenal. She will really do well for the 104th. She is a great person. She is just a genuine, down-to-earth, just wants to help. She's the neighbor you would go to if your basement flooded or if you need to borrow a cup of sugar or if you need somebody to watch your kids because you had to go somewhere in a hurry. I can't say enough good things about her. And I don't know about you, but I have gotten more literature from that woman in the last month. The state Democratic Party is 100% behind her, and they want that seat. If any year, it's going to be this year. All right, Leah, you got off an airplane from the UK and went straight to an event that was kind of a unifying Democratic event. There was some weirdness, but now all that's behind us. And Mike Ingram is the Champaign County Democrat chair. 
Can you talk about why Mike Ingram is the best person for that job? He has such a history of social activism. He speaks well to people who are older and people who are younger than he is. So that is super helpful. He's always trying to lift voices that don't sound like his, that don't look like him. And it's my hope we're going to start seeing more leaders like him in the Democratic Party, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, as we're trying to transition to younger, more progressive Democrats. Like, I feel like he's kind of a bridge. Beth, let's talk about the 4th District. I don't even want to name the opponents in the 4th District. Who are the two Democratic candidates and why is it so damn important to vote for them? Oh, Jen and Ellie are running and they are working their tails off. Oh my gosh, these girls are making us look bad. If they aren't phone banking, they're lip dropping, they're canvassing, they're writing postcards, they're calling people, and they're always worried they're not doing enough. They've got neighbors who are ostensibly Republicans with signs in their yards. They've got so much support. I mean, they've got signs everywhere in their district. I'm impressed. And I have heard a rumor that one of their opponents has finally decided to canvass for the first time in God knows how long because he's not feeling too comfortable. I'm glad they've gotten him up and walking. That's good for your health. I have a really, really good feeling about those two because they want it bad and they are working to get it. Leah, you've been serving with Jenny on the board. Ellie's new to this, but let's separate them out for one second. Tell me a little bit about Jenny because she's ridiculously smart. She is extremely smart. I was just actually having a conversation about her with Steve Summers the other day because we will get our board packets emailed to us before a board meeting. And within an hour, she will be on the phone to whoever she needs to be talking to to find out more about any sort of issue. And you don't always see that from board members, that sort of engagement and that sort of analysis. She is so smart. She's hardworking. She's super progressive. And I love that she is a gun sense candidate and that she has been working on important issues with Moms Demand Action for almost a decade now. Well, the people of District 6, who she has been serving, were well served by her. And the people of District 4 deserve to have her and Ellie in their corner. Beth, I know that you're newish to the board and Ellie has not run before, but in your experience, she's also freakishly smart. What has been your impression of Ellie and why would it be so important to vote for Ellie? Ever since Ellie decided to run, Ellie has been attending every caucus meeting. She's been attending every board meeting. She's been attending the budget hearing meetings. She is there and she is taking notes and she is treating this like she's cramming for a final. She was actually the only person who attended both budget meeting that was part of the general public. She's not just running to run. She's running because she wants to do things and she wants to know how things get done on the board. So she's doing her homework. One of their opponents, and I don't even want to mention him by name, have you ever served with anyone more condescending and more deserving of losing their seat for representing people than he has? I don't even know where to start with him. The sheer mansplaining (laughs) is just astonishing every meeting. He talks over people. He interrupts people. He is frequently, almost consistently incorrect in the things that he is saying, but that he doesn't back down from it. And no matter what proof you give him, and I find that really 
really hard to take. You can see a pattern. He talks over women. He talks over minorities. He will obviously not have read any of the materials that have been prepared and then state like pretty much the exact opposite of what's in the materials. And even when you point out chapter and verse in said materials, he still insists that he's right. He loves the sound of his own voice and will go on and on. It will be so refreshing. I think meetings will be like 30 minutes shorter on average just because he's not there to drag them out. Leah, what has the county board done that you're most proud of since you joined? That's a tough question because I would say that most of it is what we've been doing with the American Rescue Plan Act money. I can't wrap my mind around the long-reaching benefits across the entire county that we're going to see from this funding. It's been amazing to work with the Democratic caucus, especially, to push through a lot of these things like the broadband infrastructure, working with the initiatives to reduce community violence, to fund housing assistance. Beth, I ask you a similar question. What has the board done since you joined that you are most proud of, at least recently? I think the PLA resolution that we passed recently was really, really amazing. I think it's going to be a real game changer. The PLA or Project Labor Agreement, it's basically the county sets the standard working conditions, says they're going to hire skilled tradespeople to complete the work when available, provide for peaceful labor settlements, and so that in exchange, the people who are bidding on that contract, making RFP, agree that they will not engage in any work stoppages, strikes, and any picketing, harassment of anybody working on that project that is subject to that PLA under penalty of terminating the contract that is covered by that PLA. It basically means labor gets what they want and that they get reasonable working conditions. They're not having things constantly changed up on them. They're not being undercut by third-party people out of the blue. And in return, the county gets a dedicated workforce that is going to be their goals and get things done in a timely manner. It also ensures that a good faith effort is going to be made to supply a diverse workforce and an equal opportunity employing compliant workforce to the best of the ability of those people who are bidding or making that RFP that is covered by the PLA. Let's talk about who is leading the county board right now. Kyle Patterson is one of those people that I met. I would say he might have been 25 or 26 years old. And I thought, I never had it together when I was that age, let alone my own age. What's your impression of Kyle in the way that he has run this board? I'll start with you this time, Beth. Kyle is amazing. Kyle is crazy smart. He has a amazing amount of patience for the absolute nonsense that the other side gets up to. He does not let them phase him or he does not let them see him phase him. And he has had to put up with some seriously ridiculous amounts of disrespect from the other side. And he has handled it with a plume. He has handled it like an adult, which is saying something for a lot of people who are a lot older on the board than him, who throw tantrums on a regular basis when they don't get what they want. I am very glad he's on our side. Kyle is astonishingly smart on levels that I cannot even understand with his memory. He has a memory like 20 elephants. If I have a question about anything that's happened on the board, he can tell me at least the month and the year. And I can say, has this person ever voted no on anything to do with X, Y, or Z? And he can say no, except for one time in 2014 when they voted yes or when they abstained, that sort of thing. He's seemingly unflappable. He's wry. He has a great sense of humor. He's exactly what we need in a leader. 
Beth, why do you want to continue your journey as a county board member? What have you yet to accomplish that you're looking forward to doing in your term? Oh my gosh, we have another $20 million coming down the pipe of ARPA funds, which were passed without a single Republican vote. And it would kill me that they get to decide what to do with that money because they would just throw it all at the jail and call it a day. Because that way they don't have to think about anything. They don't have to do any research. They don't have to decide. We have been doing some seriously transformative things with the money that has come down. This is like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And not only have we been taking care of things that the board in past years, i.e. under Republican control, have neglected for decades we are actually doing new things and things that are going to take time to see results from the community anti-violence initiatives that we're seeing. These are not, you know, one and done quick. Oh, six months later, everything's fixed things. This is going to take at least five or 10 years to see through. And they are going to need that funding for those five or 10 years to see it through. And if you want to see some transformative changes in this county, you have got to keep electing Democrats so that they can finish what they've started. Leah, I don't know how to top that or what to add to that, but what would you like to continue doing in your next term? Honestly, I think Beth took every single thing out of my mouth. My biggest concern right now about if I wasn't reelected and there was a Republican put in my place, in my seat, would be that we weren't able to finish what we started with the ARPA money. Like Beth said, this is a huge opportunity for this county to make some long-term investments in our people and leaving aside the facility upgrades and county plaza and the jail and just even rural broadband is going to be a game changer for the entire county in the long term. That's what 99% of these projects are looking for the future, looking to the future and trying to give the people of this county the best tools so that they can live the lives that they should be living. Leah, can you tell me how many people we can vote for for each district on the county board? See, that's the interesting thing about this election is that we just had the census, so we just had redistricting. This happens every 10 years. Every single board seat is up for re-election this year. You will have anywhere between two to four people on your ballot, depending on your district. You can vote for two. You need to vote for two please vote for me and Beth. We want you both. I can vote for both of you, but we can also vote for Jenny and Ellie. We don't have to choose, right, Beth? Exactly. Jenny and Ellie, Beth and Leah. Beth, I have to ask, if you could pick one thing that you could wave your magic wand and make it happen, an assault weapons ban, gay marriage codified into law, have Roe v. Wade not be a thing, voters' rights, anything you want, what's it going to be? What's the most important issue to you? Abolish the Electoral College. It would fix so many things in this country if we could just get rid of the Electoral College because you would not have these, oh, I won 70% of the vote and I've only got 40% of the seats. You would fix this whole, oh, my vote doesn't matter because I live in a red state or I live in a blue state and winner take all for electoral votes. Get rid of the Electoral College. Leo, you had about 45 seconds to think of your answer. What is the most important issue to you if suddenly you are now in charge of the world? You know, honestly, the first thing that you said, an assault weapons ban, I think that if we could enact some serious gun legislation in this country, it would do a lot to reduce the amount of fear in the country. So if I were like actually able to just wave a magic wand, I would get rid of fear. Barring that, 
I would do an assault weapons ban because there is no reason for any citizen in the United States to have an actual assault weapon. It's used for one thing, and that's killing people. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Beth Vanich-Thiranot and Leah Taylor, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.